Your show's rubbish. This is the D Trout Spinners podcast. Oh. I am your host, as always, Mr. Miles uh, D. Purnell. Well, uh, and I just say, you... I like your phrasing. I am your host. No, one. You are one host of of partnership. I would say that. But um, yes, Mars is. Uh, oh yeah, well, actually, we've been. <laughs> I'm Gary. Gary Forrestal, to give him his full and proper name, middle name unknown. Yeah, um, it's good banter, isn't it? <laughs> the chemistry um we were talking in the week actually about uh it does does do we lose the dynamic between us over skype and i was i said no i don't think we do mars thinks we do it does a bit but i think one thing that does happen we we do sometimes talk over each other or sometimes mars will say something and i can't i don't quite catch the end of what he says so i just i just say something else so if that happens it's because of skype but we do have a good dynamic, I promise. Pathetic. We love each other. <laughs> I think I think people are quite compassionate and quite uh, empathetic to the current circumstances with the technical situation. So apologies for any audio issues last week. Won't happen again. Um. So Mars, Mars, what is this? What are we oh, doing? Oh, thanks what for asking. This? The D Trout Spinners <laughs> is a retrospective of the the Ricky Gervais show XFM tapes recorded between the years of 2002 and 2005, four, something like that. Four up to what we're doing, up to season four, yeah. Yeah, and they then did, after that. They did a couple on Radio 5 uh, in 2005. Two. So um, this one was recorded in 2002, near the end of 2002. Miles is just in one moment is going to tell you the exact day because he likes to do that. He's very organised. Um I would just happily say it's 2002 and get on with it, but Mars doesn't want that. Um, so it's the D Trout Spinners. It's a retrospective about the Ricky Gervais show on XFM, and I think that I can. I think I speak for Mars when I say it's a come quite an important part of our lives, and we started this podcast because we realised it's an important part of a lot of people's lives. So anyway, I don't want to get too profound early on, but oh, it's. <laughs> No, all right. Um, but yeah, this is we are doing this week episode 17, is it? Yeah, that's right. Season two, episode 17. This was originally recorded on the 14th of December 2002. Gary, I'll ask you every week, what were you doing on the 14th of December 2002? Was, Something more uh, interesting this time, please. Um, well, let me see. At that stage, I was crying every other day. Yep. Um, so I don't know if it was one of the crying days where I cried all day yeah. or one of the normal Happy memories then. Basically, I think actually at that time I was back from Birmingham Uni and yeah. I was applying for a job in Asda. I haven't <laughs> got it yet. Ah, oh, the infamous Asda job, the one the one service industry job you've had. Yeah, I've got quite an interesting story about that, but I'm not going to tell it this week, but I think I've told it before. But You have told it before, the I've fish counter. Yeah, the fish. Well, yeah, he. Fish anyway. But um, yeah, so I was. Um, but that's what you do when you're when you're 17, 18. I think I was. No, I was 18. So I was just I was working out what I wanted to do in life. And I was just doing what everyone does and kind of getting a job. in as it was it was it was quite hellish. I, I say that I really it is quite hellish. So 
but um cheap cheap shop and but, if anyone is work is it, if anyone listening is working at asda bloody good job no 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 hang on i'm not saying working for asda is a bad job i'm saying i, I know what you're saying that specific my i, I know what you're saying trust me i know what you're saying specific managers that i had made it absolute hell actually another story that i didn't tell this is another story um oh, should we do a feature oh gary's anecdotes go oh okay um i don't want it to become a feature but it's an occasional feature um but yeah i this woman came through i looked very young when i was young i looked very young this woman was coming through the till and she was chatting to me she was really friendly she was like oh my son's your age my son's this this." she's chatting to me the whole time some some customers did but not many anyway she gave me at the end instead of paying money she gave me these vouchers. Usually you get one voucher. Most customers have one voucher. She had a massive bunch of vouchers. School vouchers? No, they were like vouchers for just you could use in Asda. They were just vouchers. Yeah. And I was like, you know, my head should have been like, what? What? That's not right. But I just took them. And she, she, she got into my mind because I was really friendly with her. I just took them. And the next day I was called into the, um, called into the manager's office and he said... Uh, Gary, we found these all these have been through your till um they're all fake you know and i kind of had a bit of a dressing down like he was like you really should be checking if it's more than one voucher i was like oh yeah i'm sorry i just didn't realize because i was young then now i'd think obviously i'd think of course you know but that's also your mind's on different things as well yeah she it? was very very clever she was very clever she she got me into that thing where she's been really friendly but basically she was just a she was a fraudster she was a she was but actually that i was kind of like that that made my trust in humanity and people in general go down for many years probably still to this day because that happened because she she built into my trust and then i i stupid to take all she had about she is about 200 quids worth of shopping and she knew she targeted my till because i looked about 11 so i was the youngest and most impressionable and she it worked and i was so frustrated afterwards that it worked but anyway that's just that's i don't think um, i'm not working as there anymore i don't think that's going to be a regular feature i feel a bit down after that story now <laughs> sorry but it's a anyway I, right, i've lost 90 quid that way though when i was working at cafe nero some con artist did exactly the same thing he was like he played with a whole load of money and then he was doing the whole um back and forth thing like no you gave me a 20 here's a 10 yeah but if i oh, give okay. you the 10 here's a 15 and I ended up losing the company and obviously didn't give a shit because it's Cafe Nero and they make loads of money, mate. And could I just say, I just want to interject. I know you. I know when that was found out and when someone said, you know, you've lost money. You, my God, you would have cared. You would have been like. At the time, yeah. Yeah, but because you're very like, because I, I cared. I'm scared. Of, I'm, I'm scared. Honestly, this, these lockdown measures, the reason I'm so frustrated by them is because I think. I think government should should enforce policy and I think they should change it. I'm not getting political, by the way. I just I'm scared of authority and I think everyone else should be too. Just just for this period of time, whilst we're kind of trying to avoid that second spike. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we should go too far down this road. I'm not. That's it. That's all I had to say. I just say we should never be scared of authority. We should be respectful of authority. OK, not, that's the word. That's the word. Um, yeah, so basically, um, D-Trout Spin is presented by a couple of double <laughs> trats who, who've lost companies' money. 
Carl is away again today and Claire Sturges is pushing the buttons in his absence. He's in Manchester. Manchester's good in it. It's not as it's better than London. Manchester's better. Have you ever been to Manchester? Yes, I've been to Old Trafford. Oh. I've seen Manchester United play Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Oh. Um so yeah, Claire Sturges is in. I know a lot of people are like Oh, I can't be bothered with the Claire Sturges episode. They're rubbish. They're filler. They will skip them. And in fact, the only ones I have skipped, really, and I have listed them since, but like the Ian Canfield ones, I don't really. I, well, he only did one, he didn't he? He only did one. And actually, I can't. They they talk about a subject that we don't really like talking about, really, you know, but for quite a long period of the of the podcast. And actually, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't like the Ian Canfield one. But, yeah, as you say, a lot of people skip the Claire ones. I would say this, like if all of them were with Claire or if Claire was in every other week, yeah, it wouldn't be. It's not the same. It's not the same without Carl. It's not the same show. So this show, this podcast will probably be a bit shorter. We're actually going to break it up into two parts, but um, it's still a good show. But I'm pleased over the three or four years they do it. Claire only sits in six, five or six times. So that's about enough. If it was any more than that, yeah, I would start skipping as well. But they are actually interesting because each time Claire comes in, except for one time where she comes in twice in a row, each time Claire comes in, it's been quite a while since she came in before. And like they, they're kind of I think we both noticed last time they they're both a bit hyper, aren't they? Like they're, yeah. they're different. Schoolboys. It makes for interesting re- uh, interesting listening. But yeah, if if they're all with Claire, of course, it, this podcast would not be something special because Carl is something you can't ever replicate um so it's a good show we've got stuff to say about it actually just to get us actually onto the discussion then like steve at one point says you know carl will often come between us and it's like and they compare their relationship to you know, <laughs> taking their their son out on a yeah come maybe on like a bank holiday or something and it's like with and they can and it causes a rift in the relationship and i've never ever thought of it that way you know if anything carl and steve they wind each other up and Ricky stokes the fire. Yeah. But but at the same time, they're not just three people who wind each other up. They've got a very close bond during this period. Now the bonds will have, have loosened. But there they were very um, they were very um, close. They were they were close. And so I know what Steve means. He just means like a family in some sense. But there's a there's I can't remember exactly what um, Steve says, but there's another point where Steve kind of criticizes Carl. And again, this happened last time when Claire was in. Ricky stepped in to defend him. Now, he only does that. He only says those nice, sweet things when Carl isn't there. He, he never he might say a jokingly nice thing, but he, he doesn't protect Carl in that way. But when Steve has a go at him it, during this episode, Ricky steps in. And he only does that when Claire's in. He can't. It's yeah. like he can't do it in front of Carl. He can't be kind of sweet and protective. But as soon as Carl's not there, he is quite protective. Whereas Steve kind of would just bash Carl. Um, and I think that's an I- interesting. We often say, how would they get on now? Do they speak now? We don't. We don't know. But I still. It's I a do, nice thought, though, isn't it? You do. You do wonder this. Yeah, there is a deep. There's certainly a deep connection between Ricky and Carl because he's very he is protective over him, but he, he he doesn't protect him when he's there. He only protects him when Claire's sitting in. So anyway, it's, it happened again this episode. So it makes me laugh. Um, the thought of <laughs> this happened with like. <laughs> 
when they were trying to when Ricky was trying to be sick on his leg and then he left because he had a good feature. And then just the thought of um uh, Steve and Carl in a pub on their own that really that makes me laugh because I've got friends like that who I kind of half know because I don't think at that time like Carl and Steve would have just gone out leisurely as friends you know just for a pint or a couple of pints but, but, but I, I've, this, got, I've got even Ricky and Ricky and Steve didn't go out like that even no, Rick, but yeah but Rick, at least Ricky and Steve they would have had other things to talk about like they would have been talking about like their creative com- I see their relationship more so as at least they had that in common the fact that they're writing together and doing sketches and, and stuff like that with Steve and Carl, there's no reason for them to be together. And I and I've got friends like that who I kind of half know or work friends who I kind of half know. And maybe oh, you're Gary Forrest still, <laughs> still over there. But I've you know sometimes maybe when you're sitting on a bench and you're waiting for other people to turn up, people who you know better, but you're with someone who you kind of half know, and you've got really got a struggle for things to talk about. And that's how I imagine like um uh, Steve and Carl being like because it. Also, me and you sit outside when we when we go to the pub because I smoke. I, um, no one else does. But um, um, well, but it's, it's smooth, mate. Go on. But I, I like I like the freedom of being outside. I just think is there's something different when you're inside. I don't we, know. That's Mars, be a bit of a tangent. But Mars and I have sat outside on literally the coldest. It, one one time it, there was a blizzard, snow blizzard. I think it's. Do you remember it was near, near St Patrick's Day? Was that the one? And there's our a bl- favourite holiday. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was. We we always sit outside, and yeah, I prefer sitting outside as well. But I think Carl and it's, it's, it's an interesting point. What would Carl and Steve have been like if Ricky, when Ricky isn't there? Because Ricky is. I have friends who play this role. I've played this role in my life. Ricky is a catalyst for two people that aren't like each other to come together because. They would never have come together and and talked at all. As you're you're right about that, unless Ricky had kind of brought them together. But I do think that there are some moments between Steve and Carl on the show where Carl is quite respectful, and he often says, "What do you think about that, Steve?" Or Steve, "Should we should we do this? We, what, what what do you think, Steve?" Like sometimes he doesn't, and he jokes about that's, it. Like, that's still work related. No, no, no. I know, but I'm just saying that they have. They have more of a cordial relationship than you'd probably think. But yeah, yeah I, I think um, Yusuf made the point last week that he, he saw that part of the difference being in class and the similarity between Ricky and Steve, uh, Ricky and Carl, that they're both kind of working class backgrounds, which is true. Steve is more middle class. I think that's fair to say he, he would he would he would not shy away from that. He is just more middle class. And uh, I think Yusuf's point last week is is relevant. Wow because it's probably that's probably why they wouldn't get on this is very true actually we're talking about class and at one point towards the end of the episode uh before they got onto uh das freaking goggle eye which i'm sure we'll get to i'm sure we'll get to in our favorite quotes um but they they talk about ricky uh not getting the tube he's too rich for that and uh and ricky goes i never did i never did i always thought it was beneath me yeah, Ricky, Ricky's, jo- Ricky's joking there. Ricky, Ricky didn't get the tube because he couldn't afford it at time, and then he got used to sort of running everywhere, and he liked to run. I don't think that's true. I think there's some sort of Ricky. No, not a, like Ricky. Ricky's very good at joking that he's arrogant. Now he is arrogant, but I never think he saw the tube as beneath him. Whereas mm-hmm. Steve would always use the tube, I think, because mm-hmm. he's kind of um, 
he he would see walking as beneath him. And no, but that's what I mean about Steve. Like Steve is someone that's obviously really, really worked hard. He was a, a young graduate. He's moved to like the big, big city, however you want to put it. And he, he wants the opportunities that other people are, are getting it. And even at that time when, you know, this was a local radio station, there is a there is a little bit of a delineation between the two whereby, you know, Ricky seemingly like fooled into all of these positions that are like really, you know, <laughs> like responsible. And a little bit of him must have been like, how the fuck is he? How has he got that when I've worked really fucking hard? You know, like yeah, in the but- same way, in the same way that, you know, I've been I've been frustrated at times when I've seen you know friends who have but like got jobs just out of sheer nepotism. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't like nepotism, but Ricky never got a job because of nepotism. So, no, but he did fall in. No, I think um, Steve often sort of jokes like he says, and he's half joking, he's half serious. He says he's almost like you're going to get us fired from this. this is you know you don't care about this show, but this is this is like income for me, and I think that's part of it. Like Ricky. Ricky had earned money from the uh, the 11 o'clock show that Steve hadn't earned. So Ricky was kind of Ricky pissed about more. And his attitude always was like with the office and things, which we talk about before. It's like we go in there, we pitch it. If they want it, they want it. If they want it different, we don't we just we just say no. And that's quite a powerful position to be in, whereas Steve admits he would have said yes to anything almost to get on. He wouldn't now because he's successful. I think that just comes from Ricky having had some more success before. And Steve, because to be fair, at the beginning, Ricky gave everything. Ricky gave Steve everything he had, like because Steve only made the office and had the career he's had because he happened to, you know, be picked by Ricky to kind of be on the show with him. But that was his first. That was the first apparently that's how they met if there's a really good actually it's called comedy connections on bbc you'll yeah. be able to watch Sorry. it on youtube it's really good and it talks about how they meet and stuff i'll put a link into the bio if i can find it yeah. um but they said you know the only re Stephen was like the first it was the first cv and he picked up he couldn't be bothered to look at two <laughs> cvs and that's that's kind of but that's that's fate and we got from that the most magical thing ever because do you, if, do you believe do you this is a bit of a side point do you believe in like fate and all that sort of stuff the fact that no, you no. know some things are like meant to be you know if but it's interesting isn't it to speculate on i i don't but there are incredible coincidences that happen and that's one of them um you know, I, I don't believe in fate as a sort of force that's acting upon us that's separate to, you know, it's just it's just luck. And that, that's how I see it. It's just, yeah. yeah. Um, if if he hadn't picked Steve's, if he picked someone else's, if another person happened to be top on that part, we would have got CD Boss. CD Boss would have been out, but it just would have been not. It would have just been another little sketch. It would have been like his work on the 11 o'clock show. It would have been funny, but like he, he would have had that because it, it was kind of his thing originally. But yeah, never have had the office. We wouldn't have had the podcast. So I'm very, very thankful that it was his thing. And yeah, I think sometimes to myself, even though I don't believe in fate, I think bloody hell, that was that was lucky, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah you know we got, we got i just i just love i don't know i've got this thing about um i love finding out about famous people or people i respect or influences that i have and how they got in and how they broke into the industry as it were like i'm fascinated by these stories because everyone's story is completely different and entertainment industry is like notoriously like challenging and competitive and you really have to stand out so 
it's, yeah, no, it's amazing my... that we had those years of Ricky and Steve, regardless of what's happened since and whatever you think about, you know, you know, even fight with my family or afterlife that we got this time because it's it's time you're not going to get back. And it's it's kind of it's got a legacy. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, it's quite it's quite profound in, in a way. But um, and Mars, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, but Mars kind of speaks as someone like me. Mars has done more things than I've done, but we we we're speaking. It's interesting. I find it interesting how people got into sort of show business. We we um we speak as people on the outside still, pretty much, you know. But we, I, it would it wouldn't be a lie to say that we are trying to kind of break into the industry. And actually, we do another podcast, Dutch Travels. We kind of talk more about that and things. But we are, we are outsiders. I'm not boasting, but we we would like to be in the industry. So it's interesting. But I I often think of those days and think that would never happen now, would it? Like mm-hmm. the, the the avenues into the industry are so there's so much many more avenues into the industry than there was in 1998 when they when they met but in 1998 if you got into the industry you were properly in whereas there's there's so many avenues now that you kind of get a bit involved and we do bits of things and you get but there's it's very hard to get properly in but there's so many avenues it wouldn't have happened like that now steve would have applied for you know um Steve wouldn't have applied to XFM he would have sent in some scripts to places and things like that well, probably he, was, so, he was on the BBC um like a productions trainee scheme I think yeah but I think that in those days if you know a producer if Ricky Ricky had a lot of influence so Ricky wasn't in charge of the station but if, if Ricky said to Andrew Phillips or whoever was in charge in 98 or whenever they met oh yeah I want this guy they'll just go yeah whereas now there's so many barriers and hurdles to get into a radio show. So many people, you know, you need a proper interview. You'd need CRB checks. Well, uh, it's kind of it's easier, but it's harder to get in. in a yeah. way. Like, I also think like at that time, uh, like when I was when I was growing up in like in, in Ipswich and I was watching, you know, shows like that, the, the, the big kind of you've made it is when you've been on telly. You know, so we were watching things like, you know, obviously loads of Saturday night telly, but um you know, like Jonathan Ross and, you know, I was a big fan of Pop World with Simon Amstel and, you know, TV was like, that was the gatekeeper. Whereas now you, there's no gatekeeper. You can broadcast however you want to broadcast. And I don't know, it's kind of, it's not as elitist as it, as it was, but it kind of detracts from like how special it was when you made it because, something like the office game being made you can imagine if that was made if the office never happened and someone did the office now you'd have like loads of people who were doing the office or loads of people with the same idea and, yeah, and, a, lot it, and, them, and a lot of them would have got lost in the in the murk and maybe maybe one of them would have floated to the surface or two of them would have but they would have been flavor of the month and they, they wouldn't I, didn't, I just really want to make this point they wouldn't be do it as a six-part series it would appear as clips on youtube it's different and you're right there's these days far back then far more people now make it in some way into the industry but they're kind of poking their head in and they're not fully into the industry whereas back in those days ricky picked up steve's cv and steve was in steve was then in the industry you know and then they had to work on the script and everything which they did but steve was kind of in the industry he was on radio whereas nowadays there's so you're right there's so it's a saturation point you know it's like everyone's sort of had their five minutes of fame and things so 
you know, but we're lucky in a sense because this would never have been possible 20 years ago, this podcast. There's no such mm. thing as podcasts, whereas now I think people get a lot from them. But shall we... Um, I've got a few more. I've got a few more things. Okay, I've got some things as well. British Comedy Awards were like a big thing. Do you remember the British Comedy Awards? Because there was, I was watching some some kind person on um online has put up uh, a, a Google Drive link with literally it's like a bounty of uh, Ricky Stephen Carl material on there. It's so great. I'll have to send you a link to it. Yeah. But they were they were being quite sort of disparaging about the. The comedy awards oh, and yeah. sort of saying like look at this look at this shit look at this yeah ricky ricky's um ricky's even uh disparaging about baftas and ricky does that really well like i know we say he's arrogant now and it, it goes too far but like i love ricky's speeches when when he wins a he won a bafta or it might have been a british comedy award quite a few years into his career and he was in by video link just lying in bed yeah and just and he had I remember that just, the, the camera panned out and he had like his his um his golden globes and things <laughs> like that. He's like this is shit. But I can't remember what he says, but he's like this is <laughs> like he said like, you're all in the audience. You're like you're really excited. You hope you win. <laughs> I literally don't give a shit. And it just it, yeah, it's very funny. But, but it was charming. Comedy. It was charming back then, wasn't it? That sort yeah, of yeah. It was it was it was pitched perfectly. Um, next one. This is this is. Strictly speaking, this is a quote, but it's it's some it's just a really nice observation, and I think it goes unnoticed actually. Steve goes, he's talking about his grandparents, and you could suck it away, which didn't feature in my top favourite quotes, and we will get to those uh, shortly. But he says, "A uh, beef or lamb or whatever they're going to cook," and I love that observation about grandparents. Yeah, <laughs> just, it's just about that. the choice. The choice meats you've got beef or lamb <laughs> and it's but just steve does come actually out of all three of them steve is the best at telling anecdotes about his own life and i'm not saying the ones on this particular episode were amazing or, or particularly funny but he's very very good at painting a picture of things that have happened oh, here yeah. i can totally imagine because obviously we've we've all seen charlie and the chocolate factory like they are like i really imagine his grandparents like lying there like um you know the grandparents in that yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's kind of funny, but my grandparents are a bit like that in the sense that they would cook meat for a long, long time. But um, yeah, Steve's very good at telling those anecdotes. Um, I, what was I gonna? Uh, it's gonna say free, free chips. Must just text me. Free, must, free must chips. Text me that. There's just nothing else for free, free chips. <laughs> um, free, free. I, I would say this is kind of could be a quote, but. We, we often talk about what phrases and things do you use from the show. And many of the phrases I use from the show I use for myself. They don't make sense to other people, but I say them out loud and I find them funny. But there are certain ones that are quite funny in situations like, so I, I'm, st I'm actually stealing a line to be funny. And one of them is the, the United Nations Express. Did you, do you, are you, are you on the United Nations Express? That's a really good line to use when you yeah. On a, on happens to travel with German. That's happened like about 12 times in my life. I've used that line, and people always find it funny. So it's, it's a funny line. I've used um uh, often. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I was working, at, I worked at the Economist as like an audio editor, and I was just like an intern there. And and we were talking about uh, we were talking about Lego for some reason. It got into the subject. And I was like, oh, I'm going to try something out here. 
<laughs> and I said, uh, do you know how Lego got its name? And they went, no. I said, uh, it's because some 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 person's mum was playing. <laughs> this girl's mum's uh, child was playing with some Lego bricks, and she said, let go of them and come have your tea. I pushed that joke for as far for as long as I could to see if they'd be like, gullible enough to fall for it. And I just, <laughs> I love, I love, this, it. but love the satisfaction it. that I took from from that just, just as a as a pure lie. And then then I didn't have to explain it or anything after. I just thought because they're gonna think I'm an idiot. But I was like, no, it's funny. It's just funny. Know, yeah, but it's funny that you picked that one because that's like a rubbish. That's like like out of all Carl's lines, that's like. That's like a rubbish one. Like that's it's one of it's my like, favourites though. That's because it's so. Yeah, no, no, no. But it means a lot to you. I know what you mean because I, I've used lines from the office, uh, from well, from the office, but also from the podcast where it doesn't make doesn't make sense. I probably <laughs> said that like it doesn't make in that way, and it, that doesn't make sense to people. But I just I, <laughs> my favourite is when he goes. <laughs> do you know? Do you know Mount Mount Everest? When you got to the top, he says got to have a rest, and he goes. That, no, that's not true. But, well, we'll leave that. Yeah. And Ricky just says, no, Carl, in what way? Do you... Yeah, in what? But, um... I, just like, I just like Carl just moving off the subject because he knows his, he's like, he probably thought of it and he thought, that's quite interesting. Then thought about it again. He was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of, um, we're sort of um, moving slowly into favourite quotes, although they were from our I brother. think so, so yeah. We we should do have a little break and then we'll come back with our favorite point. gary what are you going to do on your break um i'm going to eat an apple and <gasps> are you really i'm going to smoke a fish what do you think <laughs> i'm going to do i'm going to have a, uh, go to the toilet have a wee okay cool uh we'll see you uh, in a bit folks <laughs> How have you been getting on with uh, this week? What's been going on? Good tangent. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've been um, obviously coming to terms with um, being in the latter half of the 30s now. Yeah. Uh, and um, Gary, Gary recently turned 30s, the ripe old age of 36. I did. Late thirties, closer to I still quarter of the way through your life. I still could count as mid thirties, but I'm mid to late. Whereas thirty five, you're you're definitely mid thirties then. Yeah. Thirty six, you're creeping up there to forty, and yeah. So I'm just I'm not I'm fine about that. I really. can actually imagine you at forty. It's not a big problem for me. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's not a problem for me. Well, if you knew me when I was about sixteen, I was about fifty eight then. <laughs> And I've only increased a year, a year, a year every year since. I'm about seventy. How have you, how have you been struggling with your? This is something I did want to talk about, like your your evenings, as it were. Because for me, I've I've really been struggling with my like. I'm a morning person, as you know. I like getting up early. I've often texted you at like fucking six thirty in the morning because I'm. Yeah, I just can I just inter- like you did you you text me at five fifty. A few mornings ago. This is what I mean. I can't. 50. I know because I'm I love. Early. I'm up early, mate. But that's a bit. 
I love mornings. I love more. I'm a morning person, right? But when it gets to when it clocks to about 7 p.m., obviously now I can't. We can't go out. We can't leave our houses. Can't do anything. You can sit in the park, but what the hell is that? I I don't really want to do that to be honest. But no. I would normally be going out to a cinema or a theater or I don't know some or going to the pub with some mates. And I can't do anything like that. So it gets to that. It creeps up to that time. And I'm like, OK, cool. What now? What now? I, I got really drunk on a Monday evening. And I was like talking to my sister on, on FaceTime for fucking ages till, till the wee hours. And I was just like, um, why am I doing what? I, I can't sleep at all. I just can't sleep when it's like this. I think your story is similar to many many people's stories certainly a lot of people have been drinking I me included like I I've I've had a few days where not every day certainly but a few days where literally I'm looking Monday to Friday I am yeah I am looking at that clock waiting for it to tick over to midday because I won't drink it <laughs> but I, I just, and then the second it is got right glass of wine pour some water so I've got the water and the wine and then, yeah so it's, it's strange to be honest i the way i've coped with my evenings is going to bed really early just i just go to bed there's just nothing i've usually got work and things to do in the in i think the, that's really sad like i feel like we should be doing something well it's just you know it, it, put it in um context it's 10 weeks might go on for 20 weeks overall of our lives you know it's not it's not the end of oh, the world no i know mars i will say mars is someone who really does he does go to the cinema he goes to the theater he's often saying oh yeah i'm at the cinema theater me not so much but um but yeah he so it's probably harder for you whereas i would my evenings out would be with one or two people in a pub garden so it wouldn't be a big you night. prefer so that though, don't you you like yeah, going out with yeah. just like one person you're not a group no, one or, one or two. yeah but hang on are we've let me just say this um a few times mars and i have been um have been meeting and we meet for six seven eight hours and uh we've drinking and then he'll invite his friends right who i don't know so they come along he'll fall asleep <laughs> and then i'll literally leave me to speak to this which is fine i don't mind speaking to friends but i'm i'm kind of you have to fall asleep you d- you've done that many times <laughs> literally <laughs> he gets drunk and especially when he's had wine i can't drink wine anymore i tell you i can't were you just telling me the other week you were on like wine yeah no wine app but but uh not so much now i've actually got do you know the problem is because i've i've gotten quite friendly with the um news agent down the road and i'm now that guy that just goes in and buys magnas and aspals And I don't want I don't want that to be the case. And but yes, it's just yes, my, my shopping basket is always the same. It's like lentil chips, straws, and apple cider, and it, or, or or beer. I've, I'm having beer t- uh, another day. And um, <laughs> well, I I, um, I tend to buy my wine from the supermarket, but my local news agent as well. She knows the wine I have. She she'll know like she knows what I have, which is a bit. It's a bit like um, it's a bit embarrassing, I guess. When I was a student and living in um, that's okay. When I was a student living in halls, I used to um, I ordered so many pizzas that I just rang up. He recognised my number. 
because it was in those days you couldn't order online. So I re- out, he recognised my number, said, um, "Yeah, pepperoni, chicken, um, tomatoes, and whatever, pineapple, whatever." I had. Yeah, you want that again? Yeah, okay. I just it, I didn't even have yeah. to order. He just knew my order, and he would come and uh, feed it to me through my window because my <laughs> window was ground floor. So it, it, it was like. Um, I don't think whenever I know, when I was a student, not when I was a student, when I broke up my my partner, and I was going out with my mate, and every time we'd go to like Revenge in Brighton or wherever it was. And I'd always buy the same thing and he knew exactly and he was like always gave me that sort of like little nod. I'd buy like four strongbow and a pack of ten fags, because you could get ten fags back then. And uh and it was always the same. And I just thought, I do this like three times a week. Like I feel ashamed about that. But you can't just go to like a different news agents every fucking time, can you? No. It's and I think it's more acceptable when you're a student. Um it does bring to mind, and I urge people to go and see it. I don't know if this is on YouTube just on its own, but uh, Mitchell and Webb of yeah. Die Going Into News. It's very, actually, it's very reminiscent of what you've been saying and what we've been saying. So very good sketch. But um, We are going to move on because it's yeah, actually we, time for our top quotes. Top quotes. So, Mars, start us off. Number eight, Gary Forrestal. Stop bothering. The Pope is busy. Yeah, that's good. I always like... Um, I don't know why, because I can totally imagine Ricky and Steve looking at each other when this line was said and actually really finding it funny. But please be upstanding for your chairman, Tom, Tom O'Connor. O'Connor. At number seven, we've got a you don't like waste of money, do you? And then Steve follows that up with, no, I don't like money. I don't like waste of money. No, like as if he wants to sort of say something, but that he knows that Ricky's kind of digging into his like tightness yeah yeah he does that often um that's the risk you take when you receive a gift from me <laughs> 200 quid worth of scratch cards I can, so, I... I can so imagine ricky do it that is so ricky uh-huh. i can so imagine him doing that and i think that's a very male thing as well like not to you know yeah or men classically and my dad is included in this do not bother baby with um gift buying not interested no no, no. Anyway, what's your next one? And number six, yours came in. Yours was a don- donkey love. Yeah, we're we're both on the same bit, aren't we? <laughs> like we're on the same. Mine, mine aren't in order of how good I find them. By the way, these are, I just spread these in randomly. So my my next one, this is my I think my favourite of the whole episode, um, and it's very short. Is it? Wait. Yeah. When uh, when uh, yeah. I said, oh, that's nice. And Steve goes, is it? Is wait. It wait. Is yeah. It wait. That's a good one. This one is from when they're discussing buying suits. And Steve goes, yeah, I know how good I look. And, and he just cuts Ricky off. Yeah. And then they, they have this brilliant, like, back and forth, like, um chat. And this is an example of how they show off in front of Claire. Because they're, they're, they're arguing back and forth about um like who looked better in the suit. It says, you like a little goggle-eyed little freak with a fucking... <laughs> but, but Ricky, I know we're going to come on to this, but Ricky... Ricky's so clever because he just ha- he, he, in that chat, which is funny on its own, he says, oh, you, and the, he said, you look like a lanky streak of piss, right? Which is like, <laughs> it's actually quite insulting because Steve does actually look like It's forbearing as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's a foretelling, but then, sorry. But then he 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 uses that. That's in his head later when he, because he does, that's freaking goggle eye, which is Joe. And then, yeah, so he says, that's freaking goggle eye, which is, it's just, it's just very funny. It's so like it's insulting to Germans, insulting to Steve. But then he uses what he'd said earlier, which he does this a lot, Ricky. He'll he'll take a little thing he said earlier and build on it, kind of Harry Hill-esque. 
And he goes, and actually, Steve's even speaking. He even speaks over Steve to say this. That's lanky piss and streak. That's what I, I love. That it's just, it's just so insulting to Steve. Um, that's probably my favourite favourite quote. But um, so I've I've got a few more. So I've got I've got a couple more as well. So at number four, I've got because that must remind you of your rent boy days. I thought you didn't like clips like that. Like I thought you hated. You usually say you hate them. No, no, no. Anything the that's best holiday I've ever had. No, anything that's too visceral and too sexual, I don't like. But well, that's but that's all right. Um, I've this is um, this is these are two quotes, but wrapped up in one. I like them both. They happen very soon after each other. Does does her feet ever touch the ground now? <laughs> like on the yeah, it's a great it's a good observation about um Dora Hurd. And then I'll give her an award. She's up the stairs like a greyhound. Which actually, you know, is a, a classic bit of like Ricky Gervais trivia because Thor Hurd features in the the politics stand up you know he has a whole routine about that which he obviously has ripped from the xfm shows but to be fair to ricky when you say he's ripped it from the xfm show yeah no it doesn't matter you actually you can in university work you can plagiarize yourself but it's not as serious as plagiarizing someone he's basically plagiarizing himself which is you know he's not taking it from do you know know, it must be so much more like obviously if you know the xfm shows and if you've tracked the the careers of all these people you're going to pick up on this stuff but if you're just a regular joe and you're just like tuning in as a lot of people like you know his stand-up i've never been a fan of you know like i keep saying um about you know anything post you know Derek I like, I like some of his stand-up I like some of his stand-up no 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 I like some of the stand-up but, but no obviously anything Derek like yeah. Stuart Lee Stuart Lee did a really good piece actually about um Ricky it was like we, about, saw, it. we saw it live together oh yeah no no no, no, no he actually did a Guardian article about um Ricky Gervais it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting if you like Stuart Lee um uh, and number three and and you, I think you'll be surprised but uh at number three I do have uh Das Freakingoglai Okay, yeah, no, that's fair enough. I I did mention it earlier, but I knew that basically we love those bit. We text. I just think Ricky just how he comes up with that stuff so quickly. That's lanky pissing streak is even cleverer. That's what I like. He says one that's funny, but then even funnier. See the freaker. Look at this freaky goggle eye. Um, one one I really like. It happens right at the end. Is uh, well, I didn't really care if you did enjoy it. <laughs> like he says, I hope hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed it, Claire. And she goes, Yeah, I've enjoyed it actually. She well, goes, I wouldn't really care if you did enjoy it. So also, Ricky has to have the last word because he just wants to, everyone to know that it's his show. No, but he's fine. <laughs> he does it. I know, a, of course, it's, it's tongue in So um, and number two uh, is a is a combined one. It's a uh, free free chips and also um, Ralph Littleton. Ralph Littleton is his name. I want yeah. to bring back Ralph Littleton as a comedy character. I think he was ignored. Well, he's he's too close to um, Ralph Little. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why it must have been in Ricky's head because the um, number three four two. Um, yeah, very very. Quick, it's very funny quick. as well, isn't it? Because that's the Burger King that they go. To, oh no, they go to McDonald's, yeah. don't they? When they're oh. trying to stuff hamburgers into Carl's yeah. face. Yeah. Um, I've been I, to that one. I've been to both of those yeah, places. Actually. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, do you want? Can I have your autograph or <laughs> send it to me? Um, okay. My my favourite of the whole episode is a bloody good meal as well. My favourite of the episode. I, I knew. I knew it was going to be your top, so I I got in there first. I have to say, like. A bloody good meal is probably Gary and I's most favourite. It's in in the sort of top ten. We at the end of, when we've done all of the shows, right? We should do Gary and Miles's top ten quotes that we use in day to day parlance. 
between each other. Yeah. 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 Is that, um, because a bloody good meal is good when you're in a restaurant situation. It can be applied to anything, like uh, an appliance or. You've got, to, you've got to say it exactly like he says it. Bloody good meals, like bloody good meals, like just it's just a little cadence. Bloody good meal as well. But um, yeah, that's that's very fun. And I, I've just I just do my last one. We'll marry it then. Yeah. That's, we, that's another one. that's another one we do between each other like yeah. whenever one of us says oh i like that i'll marry it then <laughs> I, which actually is kind of that's very jay from the in-betweeners actually now yeah probably but you know that was just coincidence no one took anything from anywhere it's just it's, it could easily be a i think pe- people have probably been saying oh we'll marry it then since about 1903 jo- joking it's not a like a unique thing anyway what's your last i think you're on your last no, 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 that's that's it oh you've got finished so um basically we we usually also we usually do uh so we usually end on a feature uh ex-fem in the community which where we we do we just talk about your feedback um, that's been sent in, but we're actually going to do a separate show. It's only going to be like 10, 15 minutes long, but there's there's quite a lot to get through this week. So we thought we'd do a separate show for it. So do tune in to our next show whenever it's released. I don't know when it'll be released, but um, and we will go through XFM in the community with you. But yeah, those are our favourite quotes for next week. What do you think about our quotes? Do you have any quotes that we didn't mention that you like? What do you any that we did mention that you don't like um any feedback about the show is greatly appreciated please do get in touch mars is going to tell you now how you can get in touch and then that'll be it for for today you can get in touch with us on twitter at trout underscore d gary came up with the twitter name as you as you know or um trout dot d at gmail.com you can also get Hang hang on hang on hang on no i need to i need to say this you can't just it's d e because D could mean just mean D. Okay, cool, D. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, go on. Proceed. Proceed. Um, or you can get in touch with me on Instagram, and that's at Duchess underscore Pernell. Silly, um, silly nickname from school. Don't ask questions. Okay. Um, we also do a splinter podcast uh, called uh, Dutch or Otherwise. And just to clear up any confusion that there were b- uh, beforehand, because I've seen a little bit of confusion. Dutch or otherwise is uh, Gary and, and I's um our kind of sister podcast where we discuss everything uh sort of related to our lives I suppose and our creative endeavors and our kind of yeah our... Like, we we often think like it, it's almost it sounds self indulgent to say that but it's not we gen we genuinely I don't think it is but we just talk more about our paths in life and how how we're getting on because Mars and I first met doing a radio show we were put together by the um head of the station and and we we did dutch or otherwise and that's kind of what it was so it's like a little homage to that so the dutch one won't be for everyone a lot of people will only like the ones we do with the podcast which is fine with the detrat spinners but um yeah i think that's i would say yeah give give them a go you you never know what you're gonna get it's like a box of chocolates gary's got a little i've got a don't turn us anything. <laughs> um Anyway, um, thanks for listening and do tune in to the next uh, sort of special episode uh, where we'll be discussing some of your feedback. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've been Miles Pennell with me and Mr. Oh, do you want me to say it? Yes, please. I do that myself. OK, Gary Forrest. I hate saying my name so much. Miles loves saying his name more than anything. I don't. You do. You love it. MP. Thanks for listening, everyone. We have been the Detroit Spinners. Uh, like and subscribe and uh, like us uh, give us uh, four stars upwards
Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Ta-ta.